You are listening to the Fringe Radio Network. FringeRadioNetwork.com Listening to Earth Oddity, a weekly odyssey into all the oddity planet Earth has to offer. And now, serving it up are Christopher Tiny Sullivan and John Wong. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Earth Oddity Podcast. I am Tiny, and I am the only one here right now. To draw back the curtain and let y'all in on what's going on, my co-host John Long went camping this weekend, and for the rest of the week, I am working 3 to 11, so unfortunately, there was no time for us to record this week. Super sorry about that. We will be back next week with your normally scheduled podcast. But in the meantime, I didn't want to leave y'all with absolutely nothing. So, this being October, the spoopiest month of the year... We reached out and did an interview with Amanda Sparrow Large. Now, for those of you who that name doesn't ring a bell, she is the lady in Ireland who married the ghost that we talked about on this show way, way, way back early on. I tend to be a bit of a skeptic, but that said, I do not know Amanda's experience and I was not there. I cannot tell her what did or didn't happen to her. And she tells an excellent story. So now Mrs. Amanda tells an amazing story. It's extremely interesting. And I am going to let her speak for herself. So without further ado, I give you Mrs. Amanda Sparrow Large. We do a podcast, and uh, it's called Earth Oddity, and it's basically just uh, me and my buddy John. Uh, we talk about odd news stories from from all over the globe, and we we came across your story about being married to a pirate uh, way back. I mean, like you know, a co- like a year yeah. over a year ago right. when we first started talking and doing this podcast. And I don't know, it just, the other day, I don't know why I, I was thinking about it. And I thought, you know what? I wonder if she's on Facebook. And then I saw you was on Facebook. And so I decided to just message you, you know, take a shot in the dark and see if you might like to come on and talk about it. Just, you know. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's been all over the world at this point. Um, I suppose you know what's all over now, the, the marriage. Yes, ma'am. Yes. We did. We did see that. We actually did an update on your story where you had talked about people need to be careful when they right <laughs> when they dabble in uh in spirit communication i guess or whatever but basically we just want to get the whole story we would love to just so you know uh up front uh i'm a christian so i guess that's kind of my bias but that said I- i'm open-minded and i would just i don't know what your experience is i would love to just get your experience and you for you to share your story well, in a way, you being a Christian probably is maybe, you know, better than kind of some interviews I've done with atheists who don't believe anything because as a Christian, okay. yeah. you do know that there are negative and demonic entities out there. So 
you know, so so maybe you know you're maybe coming at it from from a more open point of view than we'll say somebody who is atheist and doesn't believe that there's anything out there at all. Right. Yeah. That's that's an excellent point. Yeah, because we obviously believe that uh, I tend to be skeptical of things. But that said, I do believe that there is an unseen spiritual realm. So uh, I guess just to start off, like, how did uh, how did you 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 meet this guy? <laughs> well, um, I suppose I, I grew up as a Christian as well. And I would have had quite a, a strong faith when I was younger up until I was in my teenage years. And then I, you know, went off and did my own thing. And I didn't really ever stop believing. It's just not something that was part of my life, really, after that. Um, And I just didn't think much about what I believed at all, right up until 2010. And in 2010, my son died aged three months old. I'm sorry. At that point, then, I, you know, it made me reevalue because a lot of people said different things to me oh he's an angel or you know he's in jesus arms and then other people said you know that they didn't really believe that there was anything you know after after death so that's when i decided i really wanted to 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 explore the whole subject and 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 see what i did or didn't believe Mm -hmm. um so i did research quite a different you know a a different amount of, of world religions and that's how I first came across, we'll say, spirituality, call it new age, call it the occult, call it whatever you want. I mean, pretty much it's the same thing under a lot of different labels. Um, so the whole idea of energy, we have a soul or a spirit, you know, uh, and that leaves our body when we die. But this made perfect sense to me because when I saw his body, you know, a few hours after he had died, it what it just didn't feel the same. It didn't feel like it was my child. It just looked like an empty shell. Mm-hmm. So, so this resonated with me that you know that 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 this energy that we have about us is what makes us unique and what makes us feel like us. You know, and um, so that made a lot of sense to me. The fact that you know scientifically energy can't be created or destroyed. It just uh, changes changes form or, or or moves. That also was the only kind of thing that logically made sense to me. So I suppose um, the whole idea of, of being able to communicate with spirits that passed on really appealed to me because he had died suddenly. I'd never, I didn't get a chance to say goodbye or anything. So the fact that potentially I could communicate with him again, you know, from beyond the grave was really why I got into it in the very beginning. So I... I started to do workshops and I, I didn't really want to go to a medium and have somebody else read for me because I wouldn't have really believed it if it was somebody else that did it because like that a lot of people think that I'm very illogical and you know that I'm I'm kind of all out there because of what I did but I'm actually quite a sensible and logical person so if I'd gone to a medium and she had said oh you're some this that or the other I wouldn't have believed it so I had to do this for myself. So I started to learn how how to do mediumship and I got very much drawn into to that whole thing. Um, so we kind of started off with doing workshops and then, you know, I would join I joined a circle and they were doing like Ouija board type stuff and, and witchcraft stuff. And and I got very much drawn into it that way. And I did have the experience mm-hmm. of the energy of my son just once um, a few months after I, I started doing this. Um, so uh, fast forward, I suppose, about five years, really. Um, I practiced 
this, um, you know, on a regular basis, but not every day. I had my life, I had my job, I had another baby. Um, so, you know, it wasn't something that I was all consuming. It was just the same as religion is to most people. It's something that's there as part of your life, but not something that you do like all the time. So the, the, the first um, experience I had with the entity that I ended up marrying was um, was in 2015. I was just doing some meditation and, um, you know, communication with my guides or my own spiritual team, which we would, you know, discuss the spirits that are around us that are there, you know, to help us or whatever. Uh, and this strange energy came in and tried to communicate with me. And, and I mean, I would have, have known that there is negative entities and there, there is another side to it to a certain extent. But, you know, when when you're doing these workshops and when all these new age people are selling this to you and, and it is a business for most of them, they don't go into the dark end of things. They don't go into the mnemonic end of things. They, they, they just tell you, oh, if you ask for protection, your guides will make sure nothing bad gets in. And, you know, they, they don't tell you the trouble that you can potentially get yourself into. So you assume that, you know, because you're, you're all love and light and you're only inviting nice birds in that nothing bad is going to happen. So when this spirit came in, initially I was just asked it to leave because I, I didn't know who it was and I didn't really want to communicate with it. So this happened on three occasions over a period of maybe about a month or six weeks. And the third time that, that the entity, you know, tried to communicate with me, I figured that the, there was some reason that this entity wanted to communicate with me. So I decided I would communicate with it. So the first form of communication was, I'm dead, you know, and obviously, you know, I was like, mm, yeah, I, I kind of know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, quick question. These uh, communications that you had with this entity, like what form did that communication talk? Was it through a Ouija board or was it like you just kind of heard him talking or like writing? Like, like what kind of form did that communication take? Well, I learned mediumship and the three different types of mediumship. There's mental mediumship, which is not hearing voices or seeing things that aren't there. It's done through thought form. So you, you get yourself kind of into a, a light meditative uh, state and, and you differ, differentiate between the thought forms that are yours and the thought forms that are being um, put to you by spirit. So, so that's a basic form. And that was the first form of communication. Then you've got physical mediumship. And physical mediumship is like Ouija boards and um, seances even without Ouija boards where spirits move glasses or move things. That's physical mediumship. And then you've got trance mediumship. And trance mediumship is where you, you do have to go into a deeper state of meditation. And that's more for being able to feel energy and, and to feel what the spirit energy is doing. So, okay, so okay. the light meditative, like, you know, your basic mental mediumship, which is what anybody who reads for, for another person really does. Um, so, so, yeah, to begin with, it was. So, I mean, a lot of people say, oh, you must have schizophrenia because you hear voices and you see things that aren't there. But you've got to remember that this is all done in the form of mediumship. This is not like I never heard a physical voice or I never seen a physical person in front of me. You know, this is all okay. done through meditation so to speak so okay so yes yeah, so um so this guy he's uh he's tried to contact you three times mm -hmm. and uh what happens after that so he said i'm dead you know and i was like yes i know that so then i asked him to introduce himself or you know to identify who he was and 
the first thing he told me, he told me that he was Captain Jack Teague and that he was a pirate from the 1700s. So wow. initially, um, you know, my initial reaction was, yeah, right, no. <laughs> this, yeah. <laughs> this, this isn't real. You know, like most logical people would, for the simple reason that when you do learn mediumship, you're never taught about really old spirits like that coming in. It's always just people who's passed on that you mm-hmm. know or somebody that you're sitting with the nose. You, you never hear of really old spirits like that coming in. And then I suppose the other thing as well is that I was quite quite interested in the whole era of piracy and stuff like that because I was writing a book about it, a novel at the time. So okay. I had done a lot of research. So I was like, either this is a spirit that's lying to me or this is my own mind. And, you know, it's not it's not actual spirit, the spiritual energy. So I is... put it off at that and that that was that. But this this energy just kept coming back you know, over and over. And I suppose, you know, after after a few months, I just really said, well, look, I mean, he's really persistent. I'm going to, to start communication and, and see if I can... Pers- Persistence pays off, right? <laughs> well, yeah, I guess, you know, at the time I thought of persistence. Now I see it maybe as, you know, <laughs> not respecting my boundaries. But uh, that's a good point. Yeah, you know, I didn't see it like that at the time because he did always come in very respectful, and and he didn't. It didn't feel like this was a negative entity or anything like that. You know, he was minding his manners. Mm-hmm. But then, okay. again, think about that sounds it, yeah, like a, a player. Way, if it, if it, if it is an abusive person that that's pursuing you, they're not immediately going to show you their abusive face, are they? They 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 show you their nice side. Of course. So I suppose when you really think about it sensibly, you know, if it's a negative spirit, they're not going to appear to you like a demon, and because you're you're obviously not going to communicate with them. So right. you know, a lot of these entities are very clever, crafty. So, yeah. So they- uh, quick quick question, and I know that records were not you know as <laughs> as good as they are now, but is there any kind of uh, records or stories or folklore about a, a Jack Teague that that was lived three hundred years ago? Not, not as such. Um, okay. I mean, I did. I found out a lot of details. I asked him about, you know, his parentage, where he was born, where he died. And I mean, I did do my research to see could I find anything. But but not only was he a pirate and, and he died, he was also a man of color. So back then, slavery was such a big thing. Right, so right. He did die. He, he was just buried, apparently, communally with, with a lot of other people of color. So, uh, so there really was, I mean, there was, there was so little records of even people that were born to, to, to middle class or working class families and the people that were born on pirate ships or, or from slave mothers, like really, they, they just, you know, there was nothing. Mm-hmm. The one thing I think that kind of finally did make me believe he was who he said he was, is that he told me that his father was actually originally from Ireland. And that his mother was Haitian, um, and 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 she was pretty much a slave. So, okay. uh, so he told me that obviously his surname is Teague, which which is an Irish surname, so to speak, not a very common one nowadays, but but it is nevertheless, you know, originally from Ireland. He told me if I went back in my family tree that I would find out that I had a Teague in my ancestry. So that that was oh, I could very do. Alabama. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> So I I did just that, and I went back, and one of my great grandparents was in fact a Teague. 
So oh. I know that. So at that point, I was like, okay, I, I, I finally believe him because, you know, how could he have known that? How could I have known that? So, so that's when I guess we really started to communicate. Um, so, I mean, if you've got somebody from that long ago and you have a big interest in that period of time and you're writing a book about it, you know, and you've got communication with somebody who actually lived in that time, you know, you're like, wow, this is amazing. So, you know, I, we just communicated a lot, you know. And I guess after, you know, another few months of communicating, I discovered that I kind of, you know, I felt like I had developed feelings for this entity, which was really odd because I'd never heard uh, of a spirit and a human having right. a relationship before. So, yeah, so it was something that I was, I didn't particularly want, nor did I really um, tell anybody about it at this point or anything. I was like, this is, can I say, can I say a bad word? This is effed up, really. Okay, sure. Mistakes <laughs> in my time, and I fell for like some bad people, but like this, this, this takes the biscuit, you know? <laughs> right. This person is dead. They don't even have a pulse, you know? So <laughs> trust me to pick somebody like that. <laughs> so, yeah, I would imagine it would be difficult to take a 300 year old spirit to meet your parents, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. That's usually awkward yeah, enough as it is. Kind of possible, really, you know, at that point for, for, for this to even happen. So it was a couple of months later, it was in January of 2016, um, when he, you know, you say that maybe, you know, people that are very close um, can pick up empathically how the other person feels. He was the one who suggested to me, look, you know, we can actually have a relationship. It is possible for, for spirits and physical people you know, to be together. And, you know, I was quite taken back first that he even picked up on it. And second of all, that, that that's, this could happen. So I was like, mm, well, you know, exactly how does that work? <laughs> right. I, so, I have questions too. <laughs> so before yeah. I kind of agreed to anything, I went off and I did my research again. And in fact, this time more so than really, there wasn't a lot of research to be found on Google, apart from that it is practicing voodoo. Um, oh, and okay. his mother obviously being from Haiti voodoo would be a big religion over there right. so that kind of resonated a little bit um, but I also I did speak to some of the people you know that I had learned from and who I would have kind of considered mentors and I was surprised to actually discover that, that most of them that I talked to actually knew about virtual physical connections and you know in fact a couple of them had actually had intimate experiences with spirits before i know i'm going to regret this question but uh, i don't suppose there's a website for that is there <laughs> <laughs> no unfortunately i wish so that there had been more like out there but really there wasn't when you looked up spirit marriage or ghost marriage before me the the the, the biggest hit you would get was like a nun and uh, now i think you know if you you, you type in spirit marriage i'm probably the first hit you're going to get on yes <laughs> absolutely <laughs> Yes. But yeah, there, there, there wasn't a lot of information to, to, to gather on it, you know, um, mm -hmm. unless you lived in Haiti and you knew like um, a witch doctor or something like that, which obviously I didn't. So, <laughs> so I pretty much just kind of went on the advice of the people that, you know, that I had done this, uh, this, uh, these workshops and stuff, you know, um, uh, to be honest, the people mostly, you know, would have practiced witchcraft and stuff like that. Now, none of them had ever married a spirit, but they did claim to have had, you know, intimate 
an intimate experience or whatever we'll say with a spirit okay so um so at that point you know i was like well sure you know what you know i'll I'll give it a go (laughs) why not um (laughs) it's not something that just happened overnight again it is kind of more trans mediumship kind of work which i had not done before and i i did very much have to work very hard to try and 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 learn you know how how to get myself into that state of meditation the best way i mean uh, before you even ask i know you're gonna ask how is it even possible um and i suppose the best way to, to kind of describe how it is possible is that you know at the very base level you know, people would have gone into a haunted building or something like that, and they would say they feel a shiver up their spine or they felt mm-hmm. something they touched them. That that's that's feeling it, a spirit entity, you know, actually touch you. That's how you can feel it physically. If you step it up a bit, if you go to a medium, you know, if they're really good, they might be able to let you feel the spirit, you know, give you a hug or, you know, touch your face or something like that. So a lot of people will have maybe just felt it like to that level. But okay. you know, Learning to actually have a spiritual experience, an intimate experience with a spirit. Obviously, you know, you have to be able to to feel that energy for a much prolonged period of time and not lose your concentration or not, you know, not lose that connection because it's very, very easy to lose that 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 connection if you're not kind of in a deep translate state. So so okay. it took yeah, it took from January up until about May before we kind of we managed to to be able to to do anything intimately shall we say for me to be able to at least feel anything okay um i dated my wife for a long time (laughs) before anything happened (laughs) and you also it's hard to uh you can you can lose concentration there too if you're not careful (laughs) absolutely (laughs) it happens quite often I'm guessing this isn't anything like a Demi Moore and Whoopi Goldberg and Ghost, right? Like, it's totally different. Well, to be honest with you, I would actually see the fellow, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> you should watch it, because a lot of people have put up comments on some of the things. Oh, you know, Ghost or whatever. But you know what? I've actually never watched it. I did watch a film called The Ghost and Mrs. Moore. Which is a uh-huh. old movie, um, that's kind of, but I think it was before the period of time where they were allowed to be able to show anything of an into the nature. So I don't, I don't really know. Gotcha. What, yeah, I actually see that movie, and just before anybody says anything, it was after Jack and I got married, so it wasn't before. It did that didn't influence my opinion because I didn't even know it was when I was kind of looking up things to do with spirit marriage. I kind okay. of okay, yeah. Well, so how did uh, how did Jack pop the question? Like, you know, you're having these meditations and, and things are going good. And at some point, the subject of marriage was brought up. How did that come about? Well, it was more me than him, to be honest with you, because, okay. like, you know, I'm like, I'm a bit old fashioned in that sense. So I was like, well, if we're going to be doing the business you know, well, I want to get married. I'm not just going to be like your little bit on the side, spirit or no. (laughs) Absolutely. My wife was the same way. If you like it, you better put a ring on it. That's right. So I just felt, you know, if if this is what's going to be happening between us, then, you know, then it should, you know, there should be a commitment there. Um, So it was me who really kind of said more that, you know, that I wanted to be married. Um, so, 
obviously in this in the western side of the world there has never really been anybody that married a spirit before again if you go back to like voodoo and haiti it, it, it's pretty common actually in haiti but oh, um but, and it's, it is actually legal in france to marry posthumously as well um but you know the over here like it had never been done before so right so didn't obviously again really know how we were going to do it. So I just really um, got the idea, I suppose, of doing it in the whole international waters thing. My daughter had just gone to Las Vegas and got married in Las Vegas, and she had just came back. And um, now she married like a, a a living person, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, they got married by Elvis and all like, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she she had just came back from Las Vegas. So when they got back, um, all she really had to do was bring in her marriage certificate from Elvis, you know, and, right, right. and, and register herself as married. And, and that was it. It was as simple as that. So I kind of figured, look, I mean, if you can do that, why can't I just go abroad pretty much and get married and come back? You know, okay. the same thing. If I can find somebody who's legally allowed to, to, to marry me. Um Obviously, I didn't want to go to Haiti. So um, so we looked into the whole thing of international waters. Um, in international waters, pretty much, you know, if you are abiding by the law and you're not breaking the law um, and you have somebody that's legally allowed to do it, then, you know, then then you personally got married abroad. Um, yeah. And that was the, the easiest way to do it rather than going to some obscure country. Of course, I had to find a legal register or somebody who is legally allowed to perform marriages. So I pretty mm-hmm. much looked up on the internet for anybody that was pagan that could officiate marriages. And at that time, there was only one person in Ireland who, who was. I think there's a couple now. But at that time, there was only one that was licensed to actually perform marriages who was, we'll say, you know, of a pagan denomination. And he was um, a shaman. So okay. I contacted him and I told him my story. And he again said that he had heard of it and um yeah he said he was happy enough to do it so we chartered the boat and we went out into international waters um out into the atlantic ocean and we had the ceremony there and he he officiated it he signed the 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 documentation and came back and um pretty much registered myself as married and nobody ever asked me um, whether my husband was alive or dead, they just accepted <laughs> paperwork that I handed in, and that was that. Now, having said that, I mean it's probably a grey area, you know. I mean, had I been like questioned about the paperwork, I, uh, you know, I don't know whether mm-hmm. or not the marriage could have been legally challenged. Probably, um, but I was never questioned about it. Um, again, people say things like, you know, do you claim tax benefits or stuff like that? But obviously, you're not going to do that because then he would need his own national insurance number and all that kind of thing. So obviously, you know, from that end of things, you know, you're not going to go down that route because that's technically fraud. But I mean, just literally right. change your identification, change your bank accounts, you know, um, that sort of thing. You know, all you really need is a marriage certificate. So it was really stuff pertaining to me and my surname more so than, you know, anything to do with it. Okay. Uh, the actual ceremony, how did, how did that work? Like, like how, how did the guy officiate the, the wedding? Well, we had two different ceremonies. Um, the first one on the boat was pretty much uh, just exactly what you would get in a registry office. Um, I don't know what you call a registry office marriage in America, a public courthouse or whatever. So it was right. Just right. Much, 
yeah, very, very, very basic, you know. Um, now, obviously, it does take verbal consent on, on both sides. So um, so we got a medium to channel Jack. Channeling is obviously where the spirit enters the person and speaks through them, um, which is it's physical uh, mediumship. Um, okay, so, so I, know, I know you haven't seen the movie, but like if this was the movie Ghost, this would be like the Whoopi Goldberg. Like she's on the boat and she's channeling Jack. Um, okay. it, is there a reason you went with like another medium instead of you just doing it? Yes, because uh, the the person who was performing the marriage, he was the one who actually organized the meeting because it had to be for him to sign the legal paperwork. I couldn't give consent on. Oh, uh, right, yeah. So How can you prove she's not just saying yes? He didn't know me, so I didn't know the medium at that time at all. Okay. Just somebody that he picked. Um, okay. I guess you know, um, on the whole area of did could somebody else speak for somebody else um here i know i don't know but it's probably the same everywhere so say for example if you wanted to get married in a catholic church if you've been divorced you can't get married in a catholic church whereas if you um are an anglican church or a protestant church will marry somebody who has been divorced so pretty much the basis on what consent is when when it's it's a religious officiant they can pretty much accept, you know, based on their religion, whether or not they will agree to marry you or not. As long as, of course, it falls into the, the remit of the law and, you you know, it's not, um, you know, that you have, you're not married to other people. So the fact that he was, you know, he was a pagan, he was a shaman, you know, he accepts mediumship in his church setting. So therefore, you know, once he was happy enough that the spirit was speaking through an independent medium, it was kind of his call on whether he believed that the spirit really gave consent or not, which obviously. Um, was Jack, was he ever married to anybody in life or or maybe even in death? Were you no, the first person he was ever married, married to? He did have relationships with two other people. He has told me, you know, since, well, obviously he had relationships when he was alive, but he was never married. Right. Um, he did um, have relations uh, with two other people, apparently, in, in the prior 300 years since his death. But again, he wasn't married to either of them. Okay. Okay. I was wow. the only one who, 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 I guess, wanted to, to get married. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, where did y'all go for y'all's honeymoon? <laughs> we didn't go very far. Oh. <laughs> we went away for a couple of days um, just to, to a nearby um, coastal place, really. Yeah, so nothing too exciting. Okay. Wedding costs too much, I think. You know, having to charter a boat to head out to the Atlantic Ocean and all that, you know. <laughs> right, right. Well, so you come back, and, and at some point, uh, according to the news articles I've read, things were not so great. Uh, how how did that happen? Well, I suppose um, it, it actually all kind of started to go sour pretty quick, really. About oh. two, I was I was very healthy. Um, I was never sick or anything, you know. And then about two weeks after we got, excuse me, after two weeks after we got married, I started to develop all these like weird health issues. Um, so within the space of two months, I'd gone from being like a really, really healthy person to like literally like being sick all the time. I was on antibiotics. I was in and out of the hospital, out of the emergency room. All these strange health issues just seemed to come on me. Um, at this point, you're talking about this was probably around October, November. So we're, we're not married long. We're only married about three months at this point. I do obviously know um, a little bit about possession and attachment and how, you know, negative spirits can make you ill. Um, mm-hmm. So this 
this was kind of raising a red flag with me, you know, that my health had deteriorated so fast after getting married. And I went back to these, you know, educated people in this area and I said to them, look, you know, do you think there's something like not right here because like my health has gotten so bad? And they all said, no, we communicated with Jack. No, he's of the love and light. He's never harmed you. He's not evil or demonic or anything like that. You're fine. You know, you can't put everything down to spiritual, um, to a spiritual source. So I accepted that and mm-hmm. I was, yeah, well, you know, yeah, you can't blame everything on the spirituality. You know, obviously I'm just having a bad run here with my health. So my health kind of reached kind of a point around the November where it wasn't great, but I was still able to function somewhat. But I mean, I was on antibiotics on and off. And as soon as I'd come off the antibiotics, I'd I'd become sick again. So this went on for another year, pretty much. Um, Mm -hmm. And the next red flag I got, I guess, was in December of 2017. And it was when my dog died. I had a, a rescue dog. I'm quite, I'm an animal activist, so I'm very involved in, in animal rescue and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, so I had this dog and he was 17 and I knew he were, I knew he was going to die very soon. So I kind of said to Jack, you know, when, when Toby dies, you know, I want you to kind of keep him with you and look after him until it's my time. And, you know, then, then, then I'll be with him again. So we had kind of this agreement, Matt. So when Toby died, um, Toby really didn't want to die, but it came to a point where he had terminal cancer and I had to, you know, I had to euthanize him, which was a terrible thing for me to have to do. But obviously, you know, we talk about crossing people over, helping people to accept that they've died. So I, I, I tried to do that with Toby. But as soon as Toby and Jack's energy met, Toby did not want to go near him. He had a completely adverse reaction. So, I mean, a lot of people will say that animals are, you know, can sense people that are, are good and bad. And, you know, uh, the fact that Toby was so unwilling to go anywhere near Jack's energy was another red flag to me because I was like, hmm, something's not right here. You know, this this niggling feeling the whole time had gone on that something wasn't right. But you Well, know, now, was, was Toby cool with him when, when Toby was alive and it was just when he died that he didn't like him around or... Well, when Toby was alive, I mean, Toby was completely blind when I got married to Jack. So Toby would have never really, you know, seen his energy or, or you know, so that Toby didn't really have any reaction to his energy at all when he was alive. And um, Toby was very elderly. He was he had dementia. So I wouldn't have really noticed, to be honest with you, you know, when he was alive, because all well, he really did ever was just lie there, get up and even go to the toilet, you know, so he was. He, he didn't, you know, he wasn't a young active dog, you know, that he would have seen energy or growled at energy or anything like that. Um, so it wasn't really until he died that I kind of sensed this, you know, that, that something wasn't right, that Toby did not want to be on the same, well, say, vibration energy-wise as Jack. Okay. So, um, so I wasn't happy about that. And this was a really massive red flag to me. And I really was like, no, something's not right. So I said to Jack at this time, look, I want a break from this relationship. I'm not going to communicate with you or anything. I, you know, I just, I, I need space. I, I need to be away from you. So I could have all communication with him. So during that period of time, um, my health started to really improve. And I came off my antibiotics and I didn't get sick again. However, it was actually at this 
point in time my story went viral. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh. Me and Jack weren't even talking. <laughs> Which is so Was it know? Jack who went to the press? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was actually on my Facebook. But um so yeah, I mean so then that story went viral and I was like, Oh wow, what am I going to do now? We're not even talking. I don't even know if this is going to continue or not. But I, I guess at this point, you know, I did I did still love I did still love him and I, I, I wanted this to work out. So I decided to communicate with him and he told me this big story why Toby didn't want to come to him and, you know, filled me up with a load of rubbish again, pretty much, you know, and um, he was like, Toby just wants to reincarnate straight away and that's why he didn't want to come to me. He doesn't want to wait till you cross over. And, and I guess I just wanted to believe him. So I was like, yeah, you know what, you know, let's, let's, let's walk it out. It's okay. Let's move on from it. So, so we did. As soon as Jack and I got back together, so to speak, my health started to decline again. And it just got worse and worse and worse. To the oh, point. so so this was a situation where y'all y'all broke it off, but then mm-hmm. like started talking again, and then your health started getting bad again after that. Exactly. Oh, wow. But this time it just got, it reached an old point, uh, and my, my health just got so bad that the infections I was getting, I ended up getting sepsis. And I ended up in hospital on the 2nd of June and I almost died. I had to have like major emergency surgery. Wow. Hmm. So um, people that believe in spirit possession and stuff like that will probably have heard, you know, well, you probably will have heard how spirits can kind of attach their energy to objects and things like that, like, say, Annabelle, the doll and stuff like that. Um, so obviously my wedding ring, you know, would technically have his energy in it you know if you believe in in such things so I had to take my wedding ring off for the surgery and when I took the wedding ring off it was just like I felt just I just felt different it was just like everything was really really clear to me so I didn't put the wedding ring back on after the surgery nor did I, I I I start up communication with him again So the longer I didn't communicate with him, the more I realized that, you know, that at this time, you know, him, the whole spiritual thing was draining my energy. I realized that this very much, you know, was contributing to my ill health. Have you considered taking that wedding ring and casting it into the fires of Mount Doom? Oh, wait, it's gone. It's gone. Now. Okay. It's gone. But, so I just said, right, okay, that's it. It's it's over. I want nothing more to do with spirituality. I'm just going to try and recover and get on with my life. And and that was it. And I hoped that that would be the end of it. And this was right. like last, last summer. Okay. However, the, the surgical wound that I had from the surgery just wouldn't heal. I mean, they tried everything and it just kept getting infected over and over and over again. I just... It just would not heal. So several months later, um, in November, I had to get an MRI scan done to see what was going on, why it wouldn't heal. And they told me I had a fistula into my bowel. A fistula is like an abnormal tunnel or a perforation that kind of happened during surgery. And they told me that no way it was going to heal without more surgery. And that would probably maybe end up with a colostomy bag. So I was really upset. And I why, you know, I mean, I've cut off communication with the spirit and I, you know, I haven't done any mediumship. So why am I still sick? Maybe it wasn't him at all. 
So at this point in time, out of all the people that I'd asked their opinion on, there was only one person who told me way back that they thought what I was doing was dangerous and that I was going to end up getting possessed. So I decided, I had a fight with them at this time, way, way back, two years previous to this. And I'd said, well, everybody else has said it's okay. So, you know, you're t- talking nonsense. So I, I decided to pick up the phone and ring this guy and just say, look, you know, what did you mean about it being dangerous because you know I do think that my ill health has something to do with spirit possession or attachment. So, luckily enough, he did decide to talk to me, and he he um he told me that yes, he thought that I at the very very least had an attachment, if not a possession. So he said, "How you're going to know for sure whether or not this spirit is still attached to you?" He goes, "Is that you are going to have to open up communication." And you're going to have to tell him that, you know, that it's over, that you want him to leave and that you don't give him permission to be anywhere near you anymore, that he needs to move on. And he said, you know, mm. if the spirit agrees to that, then, you know, you don't have an issue. If the spirit reacts badly to this and refuses to leave, then, you know, you know, you've got something demonic or something nasty. So I was like, right, OK. So, so there's I, no guarantees like he's going to take off, right? Right. No. No, no, like if, if, if he's a negative bird or a demonic entity and you've made an agreement with him, which is pretty much what I did, then it's not going to leave that easily. You know, you're its prey pretty much feeding off you. You know, it's not going to just leave. So I, I, I did that. I opened up the communication and I, I, I said, look, I, I know what's going on. I know what you are now. And, you know, I don't want you anywhere near me. I want you to leave. And of course, um, yeah, I seen the other side. You know, he, he got really nasty and he was like, no, because if you try and, you know, exercise me, if you get rid of me, you know, I'm going to kill you. You're going to die. So, yeah. Breakups are difficult. <laughs> yeah. So then I knew that, you know, I was dealing with something that was like nasty, demonic, really, really evil. So I was like, you know, what have I done? Right. <laughs> and how am I going to get rid of this? So I went back to the guy who he he, he um, he's a demonologist. So he deals with this kind of thing, you know, banishings and removals and stuff like that. So that's his kind of, you know, that's his sort of. So I went back and I was like, look, this is what happened. You know, it, it, you know, it, it's it's an evil thing, you know, I, I haven't got to get rid of it. Um, now, now is he Catholic or? No, he he he's he would consider himself kind of like more pagan, but um, he's I don't know. I don't think he really puts himself into a box. He deals with all kinds of religions and all kinds of things, you know. So I don't really think he actually kind of has a particular denomination that he would identify with man if this uh, was me i think i'd be looking for you know a catholic priest at this point i'd be scared <laughs> to death. not if you lived in ireland in the 80s you know well that yeah. makes sense that's, that's a good point the catholic church that's probably the last place you'd go <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point you'd have to sail out into international waters to, to get a catholic priest <laughs> yeah yeah no uh, i Personally, you know, I, I don't, you know, I mean, I would have a belief in Christianity, definitely, um, but not in Catholicism. You know, I think Catholicism is, is a very, very negative religion, to be honest with you. I feel there's like, you know, there's there's been so much toxicity in it, you know, that, that you know, any good parts that have been taken from the gospel or whatever have been very much corrupted by, by power 
and you know and uh, and and the church so I would have very little time for the Catholic Church whereas you know I you know Christianity in itself is is fine in its purest form but mm-hmm. you know all these churches and you know what they've turned it into have you know to me has has turned it toxic but that's another say, we're, we're actually kind of... protestants so we're, right. we're southern baptists so we we have some some theological disagreements with the catholic church as well but just from the horror movie standpoint like when you get a yeah, demon just, I mean, in all honesty call up father just, Baron or somebody yeah, no, that is just all hollywood nonsense really you know um so basically, I just said, look, this is something really evil. And I mean, I won't lie to you when he said, you know, if you try and remove the spirit, when Jack had said to me, you know, you're going to die. I mean, I was at a particularly low point. I mean, I've been ill for seven or eight months at this point. I mean, really, really ill, Ill to the point that it was difficult for me to even go out. Yeah, so he, he might not be bluffing. You're, you're scared, right? right? Yeah. But I kind of knew, look, if I don't get rid of this attachment, then I'm going to die anyway because, you know, my health has just gotten worse and worse and worse to the point that, you know, I was so, so weak. So I was, you know, if I don't get rid of it, I'm going to die anyway. So I might as well take my chances and try and get rid of it. So we arranged that this guy was going to come and, and do the exorcism, so to speak, um, on the 20th of December. He doesn't like to do things really quick. So he likes to spend time, you know, communicating with his spiritual team and making sure that he knows what he's dealing with and that he knows that he has, you know, the right spiritual energies around him to deal with it. And he all brings a couple of other people with him as well, you know, in case things get nasty. So, I mean, the only experience I've ever had of an exorcism is what I've seen on TV. So I was was very scared. (laughs) But at the same time, I really, really wanted rid of this thing that, you know, that, that, that was, you know, that was attached to me. Anyway, so we did it on the 20th of December and it was very different from what I expected. You know, it was similar in the way of the chanting and stuff like that, you know, um, that the, the way that they kind of go on and, you know, the, you know, the putting out of hands and, you know, telling the spirit to leave and all that kind of thing. So that was very, very similar. But, I was surprised that in the end, Jack kind of didn't object that much um, when, you know, when divine energy or when God came in, you know, and and, and there was a more powerful en- energy there. He actually, he did leave without causing too much hassle. So, you know, so we kind of think now that more than like a demonic entity he was probably, you know, actually a human spirit that did pass on that we'll say was just kind of a pretty negative kind of person when he was alive. So he was more like, you know, a negative entity rather than being demonic because a demonic entity would have had more power than what he did, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, the strange thing about the whole exorcism was by, by the time it, you know, I was getting the exorcism. I wanted him gone. Like, I mean, I really hated this entity that had caused me all this hassle. Um, but when, when, when it was removed, it was like, wow, I, I felt this incredible loss. It was like something had been taken out of my body, and it was, it was very overwhelming. But, but sadness rather than, wow, I'm so delighted this is gone. And you know, I, I was surprised how, how how I felt after it. But the amazing thing about it is that I had had this open wound for like since from June right through to the 20th of December that would not heal. As soon as the exorcism was over, within a month, 
it completely healed over without any further surgery and I have had no issues with it since. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, so people can turn around and say, well, that's a coincidence. And one of my daughters is an atheist and she's the first to say anytime I say it, she's dead, well, it's a coincidence. But it's a bit of an odd coincidence. I'd been right. suffering with this issue for two years, literally two weeks after the wedding it started. And then it had like reached a really bad point in the June. And then, you know, literally immediately after the exorcism it started to heal up and I've had no more issues with it so it's a bit of a strange coincidence and I you know whether a coincidence or no I'm certainly not going to chance you know getting myself into any any kind of a situation like that again so at that point I just you know I I really did want to just kind of say I've given up all kinds of spiritual work obviously I still have my own faith I still believe in God I still pray and stuff like that you know but see communication with the dead occult type stuff Ouija boards seances all that kind of stuff I just think you know I just think that you really are opening up a big can of worms and you know these people who do these kind of things they don't warn you about the other end that can happen they don't you know, they don't warn you that you can, even if you're careful, so to speak, that you can come across really nasty entities. So for me, it's just an absolute no, no. I mean, I would not tell anybody, you know, you can or can't do something. I don't believe in that. But, you know, I would say to people, if you are thinking about going down this route, just be really, really careful, you know, and right. think it through before, before you do. I mean, to me, the model of the story is like, you know, we're alive, we're having a physical existence, you know, we're going to be dead long enough, you know, if we want to talk to the dead, you know, we'll have plenty time, you know, when we pass on. You know? That's okay. a good point. <laughs> yeah. Can't you argue know? that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know in our, in our faith, uh, you know, the, the Old Testament specifically kind of, you know, tells people to shy away from any kind of necromancy or any kind of dark arts like that. And, uh, you know, I I don't hear a lot of stories about somebody, you know, playing with Ouija boards or whatever, and it, it turns out for good. You know, it's, it's usually a similar story where things just kind of, you know, go negative. So that's certainly, I mean, like you said, I, I don't want to tell somebody else what to do, but that's certainly my opinion. And to be honest with you, you know, a lot of the stories that you don't hear about are probably people who do end up dying. And mm-hmm. it's not that the spirit killed them. It's just that, you know, these kind of energy and these kind of spirits around you make you ill. You know, so technically the spirit doesn't kill you, but, you know, the type of energy and the draining of your energy. Or other people, you know, you hear a lot of people, you know, that do this kind of thing and then end up with, like, really serious mental illness and stuff as well. So, you know, I I do think that it's, it's not a safe thing to be doing. And, I mean, again, there's no regulation in it. So pretty much anybody can become a medium anybody can do this kind of new age healing on you anybody can teach you how to read tarot cards so there's no regulation at all so i mean you have no idea what kind of spirituality these people are coming from you know well well, yeah also how do you write like a a standard for that you know (laughs) (laughs) you know they can be anybody you know and as i said you know it can be even just as simple as somebody is doing a reading for you and they're a negative person themselves and they work with negative spirits. And it can be as simple as just picking up a negative energy that way. I mean, you don't have to go to the extent of actually marrying one. I mean, obviously, for me, I mean, I kind of, you know, I made a contract with an evil spirit. So, I mean, for me, it was kind of worse. But, 
you know, I mean, you don't have to go as far as marrying an evil spirit to just pick up something. You know, you go to a medium, they've got nasty spirits around them. You open yourself up, you know, you don't know what you're bringing home, you know, and you can just end up starting to get ill health, you know, bad luck. And, you know, you don't even associate it being with that one thing you did because going to a medium and having your cards read is harmless. You know, that's what people think, but it's really not. Well, now, let me ask you this. So, like, uh, on paper, like, legally, are y'all still married, or did you have to get, like, a divorce in international waters? How does that work? Well, you see, a divorce is a little bit different, because here in Northern Ireland, to get a divorce, unless you're separated for more than five years, you have to literally go to a court in front of a judge. Okay. So, you might be able to get a pagan priest, you know, to legally marry you, to find a pagan judge who's going to listen to a medium speaking on behalf of another entity, that that's going to be like not that's not going to happen. So I kind of figured, you know, I did discuss it obviously, you know, with a couple of lawyers and a couple of people, and we kind of figured that the easiest thing for me to just say was to just declare myself a widow because technically I am. Just <laughs> so, yes, I say you were a widow at the start, right? Exactly. So all I have to do is just like say, well, you know what, my husband's dead because he is so so that was the easiest way of just getting out of it really from a legal standpoint so so you said you we spoke with a lawyer like um had he ever heard of this before <laughs> like no he or she just... <laughs> but he had heard of like a well he obviously had to go look at look at it you know in france there is a thing called posthumous marriage so that's probably the country that's closest to us um so that's okay. the that they do it will say if you marry posthumously in france and then you decide, oh, well, you know what? I don't want to be married to the dead person anymore because I want to marry a living person. Then, you know, um, that's the way that they would do it. They would just change it from being a marriage to to being a widow or a widower. So, yeah, so that's pretty much we kind of pretty much used the same basis on what they would do in France. OK, so. but now I'm guessing being a widow like Jack's not on the hook for any kind of alimony or anything, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, well. Well, what I've been told is, you know, that when he was removed from me, obviously, you know, um, we're, we're, we're talking about like divine energy. We're talking about God being called in here, you know, where, you know, when people cross over, um, you know, you when you do cross over, you know, people do kind of tend to stay in the earthbound realm for a little while, um, you know, for, for, for several different reasons. But then ultimately you're supposed to move on. You're not supposed to stay around for 300 years like, you know, as a ghost. You know, that's not what we're meant to do. So you're meant to cross over and you're meant to, you know, either, you know, go to a higher realm or a lower realm. Or I would believe in, you know, reincarnation in certain cases. So we'll say he's been crossed over to, you know, to where he needs to be. I know it's the lower realm, you know, you might call it hell or whatever, you know, I don't use that particular term, but, you know, he, that's where he was brought was to, you know, the lower realms. So he's not coming back from wherever he's gone. So he's not going to bother me. Oh, or okay. again. He has been, you know, taken. So, okay. And, you know, I didn't want to know because I'm like, you know what it is, whatever he did when his physical life, whatever he's done in his afterlife, whatever price he has to pay for that that's on him i can't take the guilt of that i mean it's not a nice thought to think that you know you're responsible for maybe somebody being brought to hell you know you don't want that on your conscience really but ultimately the only way i could look at it was you know look you know i'm not responsible for 
decisions that he made, things that he did while he was alive, you know, and if he's got to pay for whatever he did now, that's not on me. So, I mean, that's the only way that I could, like, kind of, you know, not feel guilty about it. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So do we ever, I mean, I know that, you know, we were kind of, I guess, just taking it on faith that this guy was a pirate, but we, we, I guess we really didn't ever really know that for sure. Right. Like he could just be like a old bald dude that, you know, <laughs> died yeah, at some point. Right. One of the things that I asked the guy who did perform the exorcism, I did ask, you know, I mean, do you really think like, obviously he would have, you know, connected with him during the exorcism. Do you think he was a pirate? Do you think he was a demon? You know, do you think he was just somebody that died 50 years ago? What, you know, what did you pick up from him when you were removing him? And he said he did feel that he was a pirate and he did feel that, you know, Mm. he wasn't a demon, but he was somebody that, you know, had a particularly like low vibration or, you know, wasn't a terribly nice person when they were alive, which would kind of make sense, you know, when you think about it. I mean, you know, pirates generally weren't very nice people. Right. You know, um, so yeah, probably not a great choice to begin with, you know, but um, yeah, he he did say that that's what he felt. He did feel that he had been around a long time, just kind of preying on people and, you know, just being a general nuisance. He just really didn't yeah, want to just accept it. And I think there was a, you know, what he did say to me as well is that there was a certain amount of fear there of crossing over because he, he did fear judgment over what he'd done in his life and that's why he didn't kind of want to cross over mm-hmm. because he didn't want it to face judgment. Makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we are, uh, we're glad that you're healthy now and uh, we hope everything's going well. Yeah, well, I mean, as I said, you know, I mean, I didn't, even after the exorcism, I wasn't even expecting that my health would get as good as what it is. I mean, I have been left with long-term complications from the sepsis, and I mean, that that's, you know, that are unfixable, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but to get back to the quality of life I have now, to be able to, like, have my own life back is, you know, is amazing. Um, and it's taken a few months to get there, and I wouldn't say I'm even fully there yet, but definitely getting back on track. And I suppose the other thing as well, is that, you know, I, I've i just realized that, I mean, a lot of people who have, who get sepsis don't survive. I think it's like 57% or 53% of people who get sepsis actually right. die. So even though I have mm-hmm. been left with some complications, I mean, it could be worse. You know, I may not have survived it at all. And, you know, I look back now on the time that I was with Jack. I mean, even look at my wedding video, you know, not very often, but I've looked at it a couple of times. And, I, you know, I see now so many things that I didn't notice. I mean, how much my personality changed. I mean, he really wanted me. He wanted me to work with virtuality all the time. He wanted me to give up my actual job. He wanted me to just draw me more and more and more into this whole area uh, and, and remove me more and more from reality, I guess, you know. And, um you know, and I guess, you know, just taking my life back and saying, well, you know, this is actually my physical life and, you know, I'm going to go back to doing the job that I loved and, you know, I, I'm turning my back on all of that. I do think that they were all very positive steps. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so, <laughs> so there you go. That's the, that's the bowl um, portion pretty much. 
So if you were going to sum everything that you've said up into just like, I guess, one bullet point for, for the audience, it would be, I guess, just like, don't date ghosts or... <laughs> I would be just like, you know what, just, you know, I know it can be hard when somebody that you love dies, you know, and I know it can be very, very tempting to kind of get into that whole area. But you know what, your loved ones, you know, they are there, you know, they will be around you. They're going to be okay. You don't need to open yourself up to that kind of thing, you know, just to get that proof. Just have faith that they are okay and that they are around and watching over you. Don't they wouldn't want you to put yourself in danger by by getting involved with that kind of thing, you know, and unfortunately, it is a lot of people who have lost loved ones that do end up going down that road because that's how you're lured into it. Okay, now, um, so are you like officially back on the market (laughs) for for single, you know, real, real people, you know, real men or and or women? you know it's definitely never going to be another spirit anyway that's for sure right yeah at the minute i'm just really concentrating on getting my life back together and you know i kind of i i you know we we live in a society where you're very much put in a position like you need to be you need to have this plus one you know and if you don't have plus one you know there's something missing out of your life but when you've gone to such an extreme and you've ended up marrying a ghost you know just to kind of you know, feel like that you you were married and that, you know, it was somewhat acceptable in society, you know, because like now I'm married sort of thing, you know. It makes me kind of realize, look, you know, I've been through a horrible experience, you know. If if I'm on my own, you know, and I'm happy and I'm getting my life back in fact, then it's okay, it's fine. And if the right person comes along, then great. But, you know... I'm not. I'm not going to go out looking for it. You know. I mean, yeah. if it happens, right. It happens. You don't need that plus one to be happy in life. Right. No. But if Johnny Depp knocks on your door tomorrow, <laughs> you have written it all. <laughs> I'd be like, no, no, you're you, you're too much like a pirate. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got you. No, no. I, that be <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it would have to be somebody that I think was, you know. Uh, a safe choice, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, yeah, yeah like an accountant or something. That was, yeah. you know, that was wholesome, shall we say, you know. Um, yeah, I I definitely, I'm really conscious now of how the people around us, I mean, even all the spiritual friends that I had, you know, I've kind of, you know, I've cut off all that circle of people because even the friends and the people you have around you, affects your energy you know you okay. should have people that are good for you around you you know people that are positive um so so yeah i i i cut a lot of people out of my life i was told in youth group that uh it's a lot easier for your friends to pull you down than for you to pull them up so. that's right <laughs> absolutely yeah absolutely and you know i even just having people around you that are kind of that are doing things that, you know, that you don't want to be involved in, you know, it's, it's, it, it is bringing it, you know, to your door. So that's why I'm like, you know, anybody in, in my friend circle that, you know, that, that was dealing in any of that kind of spirituality. I'm just like, no, I just don't want that kind of, you know, I just don't want that energy around me. So, yeah. But, you know, I, once I kind of gave up the spirituality, you'd be surprised. They kind of all kind of distanced themselves anyway, you know, they kind of all just, kind of went off and did their own thing you know i guess you know i wasn't a meal ticket anymore once i kind of you know start seeing yeah. what's going on huh. mm-hmm. hmm. 
So, yes, so that's where we're at. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I hope I hope everything goes goes well for you, and I'm I'm glad. Poor is a woman who marries the pirate ghost, you know, and and it is hard, you know, moving back into you know a career and moving back into into a life where you want to be taken seriously and you don't want to be just seen as the woman who married the pirate ghost and having to defend what you did all the time and try and prove to people that you're not insane. Um, but, I, yeah, yeah, I'm getting there. <laughs> let me ask you this. Uh, you said that you were writing a book at one time. Did you ever finish that? Is that out? Would you like to plug it? Yes, I, I did. It was a novel, you know, um, and, and I did finish that. But um, then I did write my autobiography, which is actually like the true version of what happened and how I ended up okay. and what happened. And, and that is available on Amazon. That is only out a couple of months. So it's called A New Attitude. Okay. It's Amanda Sparrow, Lars Teague. So that is. Okay. That, okay. All right. That's the factual version so you know pretty much everything that i've said and obviously going into a bit more detail and um, you know about you know what happened yeah that's that's all in there that's that's a factual book okay well great well uh we thank you so much for joining us and uh I'll, it'll probably take me a while to edit this but uh, i'll definitely send you a message when uh when it's you know going to come out and uh thank you so much for uh, yes. donating your time to to sit down and tell us the story because this is way way outside of our experience and you know it's, it was very uh interesting to hear you tell your story and uh very yeah. enlightening thank you so much tell the story because i mean People just see a headline in a newspaper and they see a couple of paragraphs and it's very easy to just dismiss it and just say, ah, that's a joke or that's that's a load of nonsense. But, you know, to actually get an opportunity to actually talk about it in depth and when people, you know, hear the whole story, they're like, mm, maybe it's not as crazy because, I mean, if you do believe in God and you do believe in another realm, so if you do believe in spirits, because, you know, God, angels, you know, saints whatever you know they're, they're obviously not alive they are spirit energies mm -hmm. so i mean if you do believe in that then you know it's it's not so hard to believe you know and as you said it i mean it even says it in the bible that there is another side there are just the same as there's like divine energy and good energy there's also the other end you know there, there's mm -hmm. the evil spirits as well so i mean people nowadays kind of don't really talk about them much you know but right you know they are there all right well again thank you so much and uh i'll send you a message as soon as this is uh is done so well listen thanks for having me uh -huh. oh no thank you <laughs> yeah it was it was lovely talking to you also, i love your accent i was about to say lovely accent so oh, thank you <laughs> if, if you ever come to alabama look us up <laughs> yeah <laughs> well listen thank you very much take care all right you too all right, bye. Bye. Whoa, pretty scary story, huh? All right, show of hands, honestly, how many out there in the listening audience maybe pee-peed their pants just a little bit, huh? Come on, be honest. Dude in the flannel shirt and skinny jeans. I suppose you just spilled water on your pants when you went to the bathroom. Likely story. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I guess maybe it wasn't super duper scary, but not a bad ghost story for the month of October. 
And think about this. She didn't even have to meet her 300-year-old ghost pirate mother-in-law. Think of how horrifying that would have been. Well, what do y'all think happened? Do you think this was all just a coincidence? Do you think this was just in her head? Or do you think maybe, just maybe, Miss Amanda Sparrow-Large fell under the oppression from a 300-year-old ghost pirate or maybe even a demonic entity? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I've got my own personal biases, but what I do know is that she's not getting any alimony out of this. So if you would like to buy her book, either one of her books, there will be links in the show notes. So if you're interested, don't hesitate to go buy her book. Well, that's our show, everybody. Happy Fall Festival. You have been listening to Earth Oddity Podcast, and we thank you so much for listening to us no matter where you get us. Whether you get us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, we're on them all. If you would like to email us, you can get us at earthoddity at planetmail.net. If you would like to tweet at us, you can get us on Twitter. We are at underscore Earth Oddity. Do you like to look at pictures? Because sometimes we post pictures. You can look at those pictures underscore Earth Oddity on Instagram. And if all that fails, we have a phone number, which is 662-493-2059. Call now and tell us a ghost story. Tell us about your own personal interactions with the paranormal. We hope everyone out there has an excellent week. Earth Oddity for the French Radio Network signing off. Uh, I love y'all too, not just John. Bye. This has been a very odd production. Thanks for listening. <laughs>